Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bitchipedia podcast. Today's episode, I am so freaking excited to share with you guys. I can't even explain to you. I'm actually recording this after we did our interview, but our interview, just to give you a little bit of an idea, (laughs) we had never met before. Brooke and I had never met other than she saw a video that I shared on my second TikTok, the second one that I started that has like 450 followers or something. Like it's still so small. And she randomly found one of my videos and she followed me and I followed her back. I don't even remember what our initial conversation was, but I I clicked on her profile and I kind of skimmed through some of her videos and I was like, this is so in alignment with everything that I talk about. And I knew that she was going to be the perfect guest for the podcast. So I DM'd her and asked her to come on. And she was like, yeah, of course. You know, she was super nice. But we had only spoken a couple of times like via text to set up the date. And then that was really it. But something in me, I think, recognized her on a soul level. And we even said after we finished recording, we're like, I feel like We've known each other for like our entire lives, but we started recording this episode at 11 o'clock a.m. and we finished like seven hours later. We didn't record all of it and honestly, I mean the episode is still long. I don't have a a runtime right now, but um, it's not a quick one and I (laughs) was hesitating because I was like, this is already like a two-hour podcast right now and I didn't want to keep taking up all of her time but as soon as we ended the zoom we switched to facetime and we talked on the phone for like five hours just connecting and brainstorming and honestly we should have just kept recording and i should have just broken it up into like you know a three-part series or something but that was something that we discussed we've we're already planning our next move to um, get everything together for Maybe potentially her setting up a podcast, but I'm going to have her back because I told her I definitely want her back like as often as she wants to come back. So things are in the works, but I know you guys are going to love her as much as I did. And she really offered a different perspective because we are so in alignment, but we're kind of working on different areas and it was a nice refresher. Like I told her it was a really nice feeling to to feel like I had a mentor because a lot of times it's kind of me guiding and sharing with you guys you know the struggles that I'm going with and kind of how I'm learning and how I'm dealing with it but it was nice to have someone who I felt like could really mentor and teach me and that's actually what she's all about is she's setting up these sort of workshops and things and she's kind of been on the same journey as me as far as figuring out what format works best for the things that she's doing. But honestly, we, after this discussion, we were like, this is divine intervention. Like we are meeting for a reason. So I'm so excited to see what she has in store and what she has in, what she has planned for the future. I cannot wait to talk to her again. Like she even said, as soon as we hung up, she was like, I didn't get to talk about so many things that I wanted to talk about. And I was like, we really could have. And I even said, I was like, we could have talked for like eight hours. You know, we could have just kept going. Um, And there's no way that we could have covered 
everything that we wanted to talk about in one session. So that's why I'm already planning her next trip back to the podcast. But for now, I hope you guys enjoy. I'll quit babbling and let you guys get into the episode because I cannot wait for you guys to hear everything that Brooke shared with us and check her out, follow her everywhere because she's got so much information. It's so dense and so amazing. And I told her the only thing that I love more than teaching is learning. And I feel like I learned so much from her just the first time I talked to her. So without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, Brooke Laredo. Okay. Hi, welcome Brooke to the podcast. We've already... We've already gotten started just for a second. We were talking. And then as you were talking, I was like, this is all content that we discuss on the podcast. So we're trying to just jump back in now. But we were basically talking about, okay, and I'll start off with this question because really this was the main one that I wanted to ask. I know we're coming out of the gate swing, but like I'm the most curious and it's coming up now. Um, You said something when we were talking about like limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. You said something about the fear of exposure. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I discuss so much, like so much. And I, I have realized through um, like looking at my blocks and like you were just talking about like observing and I recognize it and now we're working through it. But my big thing was I'm trying to manifest all of these big things into my life that require exposure. But then I was refusing to expose myself you know like I wanted to stay small but all of my dreams were so big and I was like why aren't they coming to me and then I realized it's because like I don't even like people looking at me on the street you mm-hmm. know like so there's this big discrepancy between like putting yourself out there and that's how I found you was on TikTok and I feel like some of the best people that I've met have been on TikTok so can you talk a little bit about that and has that been a struggle for you that you're working on now or are you just like what stage are you at as far as that oh, battle <laughs> yeah absolutely it's <clears throat> so I feel like the thing about that is you're almost like the stages of self-sabotage so I'm just kind of like gonna shoot into this is that's there perfect ages of self-sabotage right so you're never going to be just like okay stage one stage two stage three stage four I'm done it's every single aspect of your life, no matter where you are at, you can be at completely different spots. Like I, where I'm at right now, I could be experiencing uh, stage one of self-sabotage, which is you're completely unaware that you're doing it in one area of my life. And yet at the exact same time in a different area of my life, I'm in stage four, which is I see it before it even happens. And I'm like, I'm not going to go there. Let's make a different decision. And then at a different point, I could be like right in the middle, smack dab, be like, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. I'm so so glad you're saying this. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like the same thing with how you feel about the exposure and like being seen and this stuff is layers and layers deep. So I think that you're never going to know until you get to a certain, a a different point. Like you're going to be comfortable until you're not. Right. it's really just, and I think that at that point in time, it really exposes something to you about yourself. It's not necessarily to the world. Right. To us, it may seem like that. Yeah. The fact of the matter is anyone else is they're They're seeing it from it's ha- if, when it happens to them too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, if there was a study, it might, this might be a tangent, but it's like Go when on. you're having a conversation with someone, 
there are people thinking like, do they see this on my shirt? I can't believe this. And yet that other person is actually thinking the same thing. Like, are they seeing this in my hair? Like we're not focusing in on that. So it's all like what we're observing about ourselves and our perception of that. And so when it comes to being like exposed, I think that it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like this whole trigger, the triggers are there to get our attention. It's not there. uh, It's there because if there was nothing there, you would have been like, did you just poke me? Like, what what are you doing? Get out. Like, you know, instead we're like, we blow up, we, we hide, we break down, we do whatever else. And we trigger ourselves. And I think that that's a massive thing too. So I think that it just, it takes that recognition and that radical honesty within you. Like, okay, so you see this, you do know what's happening until like, sometimes you don't until after, which is similar to the self-sabotage. Yeah. You can right after like, Oh, I just did that. Okay. But what are you going to do about it now? That's -hmm. where that self-honesty comes in because I think that you feel it, but personally I I'll feel it. And I'm at the stage of my journey where it's, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's like, I, I see what's happening. I can feel it instantly that very first instant or I don't want to say like I, I throw a little fit about it I think yeah. that my old self my old pattern whatever throws a little fit like wanting the stress wanting the the victim like why is this happening and yet literally in the back of my mind it's like I'm sitting here like mm-hmm. are you done you're no, right what do you want to do because you know exactly what's going on and then this side of you is just like but I want to, but, 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 and I'm like, you can do that if you want, you know, how this is going to go. Right. No, I love everything you said. And I want to hit the things that I can remember. I was trying to make mental notes because no, it's per it's perfect. Cause first of all, self-sabotage, like, Oh my God, that's something when we talked about working together, like that is my number one fault that I have been working through is self-sabotage because nobody but me stands in my way. I promise you. It's like the universe has laid out a path for me. And then just the second I start getting close to it, I'm like, uh, fuck, like what? And I'm working through a lot of that fear of failure, fear of success. I think they're both like, I think I have both, which puts me in a really, really shitty position. But one of the first things that you said was about being in different stages of like, I'm a level one here, but I'm a level four here. And I, I get so discouraged because I'm a Virgo, I'm like a perfectionist where I won't let myself be new at things. Like I don't like to be, you know, and that also translates in my life to not wanting to do new things because I don't want to do it if I'm not the best you know? So then a lot of times I will sabotage my own growth, I guess, in this case, let's say I'm working through like food relationships, eating disorders, all that stuff. And then I'm also working through using sex with men who don't deserve to have sex with me as a crutch, you know, and these two things. So like, I might make a lot of headway with casual sex not you know scratching that it's like I need it to anymore and I'm like okay well I'm gonna not use that as a crutch and then I struggle with food so then I'll say like like you can't even you know 
work through a, a an eating disorder or your weird food relationships, overeating, whatever the case is, I feel like because I have struggled with that area, then yeah. I can like, well, whatever, I may as well just go have sex with this dude because now, you know, I'm back to square one. And it's like, I won't allow myself growth in one area at a time because I feel like I'm failing if I'm not succeeding at everything always, which is insane, right? Like that's completely unrealistic. Normal. Right. <laughs> and normal. So, okay. So right off the bat, what we're going to start saying used to, yes. I used to because anytime we say I or I am anything that follows that we're reinforcing that pattern and we're yes. just keeping it going on ourselves this is exactly what we do your unconscious is going to say all right there you go here you are and our, it's seeping into the body too so the body is going to it knows the pattern so even if you're cool you're fine you're you're like this is a great day if your body gets to a certain point which I'll talk about later but yes it will throw you into it and say hey you haven't self you haven't sabotaged in a while there you go and so you'll just get all these hormones and you're like, what the, so, so it's like your body, it's almost like your body needing, like getting hungry and it's like, Hey, we need food. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. crazy. The, the stress addiction of that all yeah. it is literally getting its hit because that's what it's used to. So it's like, if you've had, um, let's say, so we can live in a state of stress for up to 13 years and not even know it. We have no symptoms. We're just used to it. So by that time, clearly your body is programmed to, Hey, this is what we do in order to survive. So yeah. let me do this for you. Right. So as we're, this is what I noticed massively is how the mind, the mindset and the body and everything is just so connected because you can be good with the mindset. And so when you start dealing with your emotions, you start healing, you start letting these things, you're, you're on a good path. And then your body is like, if you've been, let's say your thermostat in your house was set to a hundred degrees, right? Your entire, the entire time. And then you're down at 60. It's like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa what's happening right now? Let me kick this on for you. Let me heat you back up. Cause I don't want you to freeze to death. Are you kidding me? So it's going to shoot all of that just adrenaline and cortisol. Everything is just going to come rushing through all over again, the thoughts and the, those thoughts produce the hormones that produce the emotions, which produce another thought. And it's just this whole spiraling loop. So it's like, it's doing it as survival. It's trying to keep you safe. So that's when we need to practice pausing in that moment and bringing ourselves back saying, Hey, cause I used to get so pissed off in that moment. And then that, that just made it worse for my body. Like this is right. more of like, it's, it's almost like looking at like, a, you're not going to yell at a kid. You're not going to, I mean, maybe people, I don't know. You shouldn't. <laughs> right. Um, but, you shouldn't. Right. Like this is yourself, you know, that's still the, and I think that's where the healing your relationship with yourself, that self-trust comes in as well, because over time, when you've been on this journey, we've put other people first, we've done things to sabotage ourselves. We lose that self-trust over. So we need to build that rapport within us again, which means building it with our body as well. So when we're doing that, it's more of like bringing your hands to your heart and Hey, I see you. We're safe. You're safe. It just need, we need to just bring it back to a, a thing of safety and just yes. real. So anyways, um, <clears throat> as far as, so the, the, I completely understand what you're talking about with two different things. So what I will say is that like, uh, the perfectionism type of thing, usually a trauma response. 
something from childhood, something from whatever that you have to have things perfect or else you won't get this or, or abandonment, you know, the, the core needs or the, the acceptance and that love and all of that. So it's like somewhere those needs to get met and you develop this thing where it's like, I have to get this right. Yeah. I have to get this right because I need to be accepted because, you know, back in the old days, if you weren't accepted, you were cast out and we don't want to do that. So I think that addressing that is going to be huge. And I think that in, in a sense, it could be helpful even knowing that, sorry, my light just flickered and my spirituality thing just went off. (laughs) Oh my it is so I know that I have known you before can I just say that I know we have to yeah go ahead keep going I love everything you're saying I'm trying to yeah that kind of just threw me for a anyways yeah so recognizing that point too I think that understanding that this is where it came from uh, I mean maybe we don't have to pinpoint exactly where it is because again these things are layers deep and we can get to one ourselves and ourself in, in that relationship with ourselves, knowing like, like, all right, I know that this is sabotage and I know I want things to be perfect. At the same time, I know where this came from. And I know that's not exactly who I am. That's more of the condition pattern that I've been used to. I've just practiced this so long. I've told myself I'm a perfectionist for so long that that's what I just continue to do. Like that's an identity that you yeah. take. For example, I, um, I just noticed this earlier this year, I think, um, where I always said, like, I don't even know how long this has been going on. I, I used to say, um, that I'm an observer mm-hmm. and hands down because I'm like, I'm the youngest of four girls. I just saw what my sisters were doing. I just, you know, I've always been the observer. I sat back and I watched things that are going on and that's totally fine. Right. Like that's how I learn. That's how I take things in. And it seems super harmless. And it popped in my head. I was like, if you're telling yourself, you're always the observer, when are you doing, when are you doing, when are you taking action? And that was a huge part of my issue, quote unquote issue was that I just didn't feel like I had, I had convinced myself. I didn't have that follow through or anything like that. I was telling myself, Hey, I'm an observer. So and it kind of puts you on the outside, like not main character energy, you know, like, oh, I'm just the observer. Like I watch from the sidelines. Right. Type one, which feeds into the whole exp- being exposed type of thing. You're like, wait, whoa, whoa, I'm supposed to like, like a particle, right? I'm not going to get it all sciencey, but like, yeah, like, don't look at me. Don't, start doing okay. But, but you can, because listen, the people, if they still listen, especially if they're longtime listeners, they've been with me because I know some of the stuff you talk about, and I wrote down, I'm trying to take notes so we can get to everything, but the reprogramming of the subconscious, like my spiritual journey really Mm -hmm. started there because it was kind of, they're kind of intertwined. So they were separate. But then when I realized they're the same thing, like you said, the body and the mind being connected, one of my favorite podcast guests, which I don't know if you know him, but I'll send you his information. You'll love all this stuff. He's got a podcast too. Um, His name is Nate Ortiz. And he talks Mm -hmm. about holding trauma in the body. And when I interviewed him and he told me about all that stuff, I was like, so what you're saying is I can fix my brain by using my body. So that's when I started doing yoga and I became yoga certified like to teach because I was like this, it's changed my whole, my entire life. Like I don't take it lightly when I tell people that. So I was like, I want to tell everyone, like I want to tell everyone about this, you know, like a convert Um, with the, 
but the beginning really was like Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he talks about first of all, I just everything, everything you're saying was is very Joe Dispenza like. But I've talked about him consistently on the podcast, and that's where it started. Was reading his book about breaking the habit of being yourself. So I started reading. I was like, okay, and I did. I remember my therapist used to tell me too, like you said, I am like that. Those are very powerful words, and she she's the first one who pointed it out. Like, be careful, just not saying negative things, just trying not to, you know, and that's the first step. But then when you realize that your words literally create your reality and mm-hmm. then taking it a step further, Wayne Dyer, I don't know if you um, listen to a yes. lot of this stuff. Okay. So he, he said it, I'm not religious. I was raised religious and I'm not, I'm definitely spiritual, but like, as far as one religion, I don't think any of, I think they're all right. Does that make sense? And like whatever, none of them. how you believe it's, you know, you're not hurting anybody. Just Right. Right. So when he described it, he said, um, because he said the, the whole, um, interview or whatever it was that he was doing was him saying, I am is the name of God. Right. And Mm -hmm. that you are God. So it wasn't, you don't even have to be religious to believe in it, but it was saying that like those words, every time you say the words, I am, you're saying the name of God. And when he said it that way, I was like, yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah. So then you realize like the, the power of those words. And it did like when I, especially the next couple of days when I really, I need to do better about like getting back into it and really remind myself of that. But when it was like heavy in the beginning, I, like I didn't even want to say I am tired. Right. You know yeah. Saying? Cause it seems yeah. like conflicting. So you saying that, um, reprogramming your subconscious, I know a lot of your TikTok, cause we talked about being on TikTok. Um, a lot of your videos are about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you get started with that? Was it Joe Dispenza was the one that you started with? No, actually. Um, so the way that I fell into everything was I was at this just end point in my life completely. Um, after several end points and, uh, and I was just at this point where I was just like, nothing is working. Nothing. I don't understand. Like I've, I tried a counselor and absolutely nothing. I have nothing against therapy. I actually was full for behavioral therapy, behavioral psychology. I was going to be like the whole, I was going to get my doctorate, all that good stuff. Right. And I, I, I got a counselor and I was, whatever I was speaking with her to her about, um, all she did was agree with me and great for the validation. I appreciate that. Cause you know, I, I was gaslit so many times, like you're crazy. You're the problem. You're this. And all of that, especially when you started putting everybody else at, uh, above yourself for, I don't even know, like, since I was like 10 years, like, right? <laughs> like, um, you get in that habit and it's like, you just start taking that on, taking their, their, um, versions of you on, and that becomes your identity. And so having that validation was extremely, I'm extremely grateful for it. And my needs still weren't met. I still didn't understand. Like I I need the solution. Don't just say, Hey, yeah, no, you're right. You're cool. You're good. It's fine. Right. What, how do I fix it? Right. What's next? It doesn't need to fix, but it's more of like, I need this, you know, yeah. Help me with the solution. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to better myself, which is, yes, a trauma response, constantly trying to get better. But at the same time, you know, it led me to 
the best thing that's ever happened to me in life. So, um, and I, and now it's in a different perspective that I'm constantly just, what can I heal? It's not coming from that. I need to be better to be accepted phase. This is more aligned. Like evolving. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, what I think that, so I think that a relationship of mine was the catalyst of like everything, my spiritual awakening, just, and, and all of this. So it was, um, I had, I was on and off with that counselor. And then, um, I think we were living together and I was like, I, I, I can't focus in school for some reason. Like I've been in school, I've been doing, I've taken all the classes I, and I just can't finish. And so I looked into other things. So I started getting books on like neuro-linguistic programming, which is what I'm certified in is the, the NLP techniques. And, um, can you explain what that is just for, yeah, yeah. So neuro-linguistic programming is, uh, basically it's the communication of the brain and how they, we work with the subconscious mind and how that translates, how it, um, what's it called? How it basically forms your reality, how you can, how you, the neural pathway, like I am not explaining this correct, but no, no, no. You're, you're basically saying like all the stuff I was asking, do you know about you're like, yeah, I'm certified. Yeah, so it's, it's basically it's, it's the communication of the mind. It's yeah. the how the subconscious communicates, how how you're programmed in. It's neuro and then linguist language and your actual programming. So it's more so the programming is really a, a result of the um, neuro and the linguistics, how we speak to ourselves, how it's um, how these neural pathways are formed with our limiting beliefs and all of these things. So um, I'll give you a better definition later yeah so I got into that and um but during that time too I I was huge on criminal minds and I was like I'll just be a profiler I can do that so I was like I can use this with this and the unconscious and beautiful and um you know that relationship it it blew up and my and as did I I went into self-destruct mode 100 percent and during like the aftermath of that, like he lives across the street from me. Right. So like it would, it would still, we would still come into contact with one another. And so I was still very much in that energy of like, what's going on. There's hope, there's no hope and I'll fix it. I'll, I'll help myself. Cause I was very destructive. I was drinking way too much to the point where it's like, you send those text messages, you do, it was, I was deep in self-sabotage. I was deep in self-destruction and depression. And, and I could not understand because I knew I knew better. I yeah. knew it hurt the most is like, you know, better. Why are you doing these things? And then you just go up and do it again. I'll be okay this time. I'll, I, I just, that off button, it just didn't exist. Yeah. And so, um, in one of those whole, I'll, I'll help, I'll get help. I'll, one of those, I was going across TikTok and actually came across my coach, who is my, the person who's my coach now, Tiffany Toomes. And, um, I don't know, there was something about it. And she's, you know, it was one of those, like, how did I go from here, 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 here to doing what I'm doing now? And so right. I actually reached out and I had a call with her. And from that call, like she did, um, a, a clip, one of those clarity calls and, um, a limiting belief clearing on me. And it was just from that moment on, I signed up with her and it, when I tell you that nothing in my life, even like studying the behavioral psychologist, studying all of that, nothing has helped me. Like NLP has helped me. It makes sense. 
it legitimately helps and I don't have to spend years and months on it. It, the belief clearing, I can't remember it now, whatever she did that day for me, it literally, it works instantly. Oh no, I don't want to say instantly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like honestly, yeah. It literally go, we go in and rewire your, we go into the unconscious, we release whatever's there. We, we, we uh, rewire that belief and, um, among all these other things. So not just having my sessions with her, I went into, um, her training program that she offered as well. So that's when I got deep into every single class and learning more and doing all these things for myself. Right. So is it kind of like hypnosis? Yeah. I love that. I, um, I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast manifestation, babe, but I talk about her constantly. I feel like like I've seen it. She, um, she's one of the first ones that kind of broke down manifestation. I mean, it was kind of like trending, you know, so I guess maybe that's how I found her because she popped up on my feed, but she described it and broke it down in a way that I was like, basically law of attraction. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And she talked a lot about like money shame mm-hmm. and money trauma. And I had never thought about that in my entire life, but it made so much sense because like my parents, oh my God, it's, it takes a lot of undoing. And that's basically what, you know, the thing you're talking about is like reprogramming your subconscious is like, you first have to kind of undo all the other beliefs before you start building back up to like what you actually, you know, so that's kind of a confusing thing in itself because you realize like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. And that scary feeling of like, everything I used to believe is wrong. So now what am I supposed to believe in, you know? Yeah. Breaking that down. And then when you were talking about um, understanding it for the first time, that's kind of what happened with me too. Cause I'm very, I'm like artistic, like uh, right brain, you know, I don't, Mm -hmm. so like math and science have never been my strong suit, but that's why I tell everyone like Joe Dispenza is the go-to for me as far as like intro to it, because he breaks it down in a really basic and simple way that you, like, I understand quantum physics to a, to a level, like to a point, you know, like I get the basics of it and yeah. I couldn't have even passed like college biology. You know what I mean? Like it, right. does, it, it breaks down in a really simple way. Yeah. I, I, that's, I found him through that program that I was in because we have um, one of the we have a longer, like a week long, um, training that we do. And one of the days, the whole entire day is just quantum, quantum physics. And it just, I'm so excited. I'm, I nerd out on it completely. And, but Joe Dispenza, like he, I'm like, say prefrontal cortex one more time. Say it one more time. (laughs) So I, I, yeah, he's just, he's incredible the way he breaks it down and, I would watch his interviews just over and over and it's just all of that is so beautiful. And, you know, that the beliefs, when you're talking about the beliefs and the money beliefs and all that, it's the thing is like, these things aren't even so many of our beliefs that we have now, like he says as well, 95% of them were from childhood, like as we have an adult or as we are an adult. So, um, going back to those, it's like, we have to figure out where these things came from because we're a blank slate at that point in time. So we're just taking things in from who's around us, who are around most, yeah. our teachers, our parents, and they took it in from their parents. And we just take these things on and believe them to be true. And that's where I actually even had somebody who was like, you should really be careful when you're talking about people's beliefs. I'm like, this isn't coming from a, like, a disrespectful place whatsoever. I'm not talking religious beliefs. I'm saying how we see the world in general. This is something like, I, I had to think about too, because I never even thought 
to think of it in that perspective. Like, right. uh, like what are you talking about? What I believe about you? What? To, to where it was uncomfortable at first, because you get this sense of like, have I been going through life this entire time, not understanding how, not truly understanding like what I believe in a sense. Yeah. Because when somebody comes and asks you like, Hey, what do you believe about this? You're like, wait, what? Oh, almost yeah. like, what do you do for fun? What? Like, if you're so caught up in a certain thing, you just like, I don't have an answer for you. It makes you, and that's what I mean. It's like, we just need to be woken up to that. Like, Hey, yeah. these things, there's a story that I'm probably going to butcher, but basically it's, it's, there's a statue that a different country, like they, they preserved it in a way when they were like going to war. Right. And so however many years later, they were um, moving things around and something fell off of the statue and they thought that it was broken to come to find out whoever built it put a bunch of like clay and stuff over it to preserve it and there was gold under it and that's chills so that's like how we are is it's not finding out or like becoming somebody new we're unbecoming we're we're taking off all the shit that has been piled on since however old so it's more of like that that includes those beliefs like all right so what do I believe and it is kind of shaking because it's like I gotten, I've gotten this far in life and where, where do I go from here? But yeah, it's very beautiful because you get to decide that this time you get to figure out what you believe, you know, what hasn't worked so far. So what, what can work? It's, right. It's, it's, it's open. And that's, I think that's a huge thing. Yes. And Tony Robbins talks about that too. It's kind of what you were talking about earlier, which is why I said, it's so funny. Everything you were saying, I was like, I, I know I have an episode for everything that you've talked about. So we're so in alignment with that. And he talks about um, like updating your blueprint, basically. So you set the new thermostat level, right? So that, and that, that discomfort, I guess it's like cognitive dissonance of like, that's, that's an uncomfortable period because you know what you don't believe, but you don't necessarily know what you do believe. But he kind of says like a place to start is to just rule out what you don't believe. Like you don't have to know yet and giving people kind of that permission to be like, it's okay. A mm-hmm. lot has been put on you. <laughs> yeah. Just tell me what you don't like. So it's like if you had, you know, a bunch of clothes and you're getting overwhelmed by all the choices, you're like, okay, we'll just go through and first things first, we'll take out whatever you don't like. And then and then and then we'll go from there. Like step number right. one, just tell me what you don't like. Okay, jumping back in. Okay, so I want to get back to something you said earlier because you were describing something, and I'll tell you what the visual looks like in my head. Um, and Gabby Bernstein described it as IFS. I don't know if you ever listened to her. She does. Um, I can't remember who the guy that she originally worked with. I need to look up his name because I quote it all the time, but she's not the original like creator of it. I don't think, but, mm-hmm. um, it's called IFS. So internal family systems. And it's basically, I always explain to people it's like inside out, you know, the Pixar, like, oh yeah, yeah. It's basically that the family that lives in your head. But in my mind, I see it as like, um, there's a show called Working Moms. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but it was talking about the word weird. The original meaning of it meant to like create destiny. Like the original phrase for it was the creator of destiny, like the original meaning. And I was like, oh my oh, God, even more of a reason to be weird. It's basically saying like weird, you know, wizard, witch, all those kind of have the same right. like origin as like just a person who 
spoke into it and everyone does it right like that's the thing is like you even if you're not intentionally doing it that's really what you do is like even if you're not intentionally or especially if you're not intentionally doing it mm-hmm. it's still happening you're yeah. just manifesting things you don't want yeah absolutely I think I think I actually saw the video that you're talking about when you're I think that's one of them that I was like dude we are the same person because I was I think of, like you said I don't know if that's the same one, but one of them you were like talking about, I've always been like off and on with the whole weird thing because I'm a, I'm a different bird. I'm, I'm an odd bird and I 100% enjoy it. And as I've recently learned, thanks to TikTok is, um, I guess I, there are those masking points. I had no idea that's what I was doing, but you know, you have to fit in. You, I mean, you have to look at that conditioning, have to fit Yeah. In. Because Boom. it's a safety thing. Like you, yeah. learned, that's the thing that I learned and I'm sure you too, is like growing up, if you're weird and you stick out, you're not mm-hmm. safe. Yeah. And you like, go that through that. Correlation. And you know what? Okay. Oh my gosh. There's so many things I want to talk about right now. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so just to go off of that, um, I'm going to hold on. So, um, when we're talking about, you know, seeing your higher self and, um, integrating all these parts mm-hmm. of you, that's 100% true. Like we actually, um, they're like schizophrenia would be like the, or what is it called? Um, I studied this. Hello. The, um, multiple personalities. Right. And it's like levels of that. And, but we all have different parts of us. It's that, that those voices in your head where it's like, um, you're arguing almost like you're arguing with yourself. It's like, you want to do this, but then you hear something on on this side and I'm saying it's on this side, but that's what it seems like. Right. It's like, and then you start to think like, am I going crazy right now? Like, yeah, I'm really hearing things. Right. And it's different aspects of us completely. Um, the way, like the whole inner children, the inner teen, all that stuff, those get, the way that's formed is when we're um, like in childhood, for instance, when our emotions get, how they get stuffed up, right? So right. we have this, like this gestalt basically. So we have like this emotional trash can feeling that exact same emotion. We add, let's say a link onto that. So where it's like, we're piling up that anger, right? And we do the exact same thing with every other emotion. Same thing with sadness. First time we experience sadness, there it is. And then it just multiplies, multiplies, multiplies. And not only does that multiply and, and, um, kind of fill up that water bottle, it's connected to every single person that made us feel that way. So like mom anger, how many, but she has her own thing with every single emotion, right? Same thing with dad, same thing with sister, same thing with exes, same thing with the freaking yoga instructor. I was going to say, right. Tuba. whatever, you know, so <laughs> anybody that we come into contact with, it gets stored like that. And it's not like we're going to be two years old saying, you know what? I really need to unpack this. I got to go with it right now. No, it builds and it builds and builds. And to the point where you're an adult sitting in traffic, road rage, somebody cuts you off, you go into a freaking, you go hysterical. That's not how an adult responds to traffic. That's a two-year-old throwing a tantrum. So when we're talking about those inner children, that's that portion of that kid at two years old that got stuck right then and there that part of the psyche got stuck so that's that inner um, child that came out and um those are also where our limiting beliefs get stuck too because I can't draw it out right now but um so those different parts of us that's why why I say like a lot of things that come about at this point in time in our life if we're 
if we feel like we've gotten past it, like, no, 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 like, it's cool. I understand a lot of it, like um, with parents, for example, like, yeah, they worked so much or they, they were doing the best that they could, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's not who we are now that needs to be over it. It's that part of us, that five-year-old, that, 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 you know, why didn't mom come home? Um, that six-year-old, it doesn't matter. Like that's the part of us that is hurt. And that's the part of us that is stuck with inside of us. So that part of us has to let it out. That part is the emotion that is coming up. And every single time we're like, no, I already, this is, this is, I, I'm cool with it. I dealt with like, it. Yeah. Right. It's no, it's that, the, that little girl wants to come up and say, Hey, I'm sad. Let me out. And then we're just more of like wounding the wound when we're like, no, we're fine. You're not giving her another voice. You're, you know, if it's a worthiness thing, you're saying, Hey, you're not worth it enough to see right now and talk to, and you don't need to use your voice anymore. If that's a huge thing too. Right. So we definitely have these little, these different parts of us. So I think that's an incredibly beautiful thing that you can, you envision that because that's actually a part of, um, how I started seeing these things too. Even before I'm, I feel like I've had several spiritual awakenings, but it's just like, it started, it was just like, now that I look back at it, I'm like, that's what was going on. So in while I was, um, like I, I was certified and whatnot, but I just continued to go into my classes and still, because I learned something completely new or see it completely differently at a different level. Right. So yeah. I would start to see it that way too, when I would be falling asleep and trying to do these healing modalities myself is, um, I would gather my inner children or whatever. And I would just try trusting, seeing what I'm seeing yeah. instead of like I was crazy. Like there's literally no one else in the room right now that I can see. No. Uh, <laughs> literally, I, I am by myself and yet I still felt the embarrassment or like I shouldn't be doing this. Like you're crazy, you're weird, you're this. And like I felt like I had to put on a mask for myself, which was huge. And after a while, I was just like, you know what? I the things that I started seeing, like I would envision all of my inner children. And I didn't know, I just let it happen. I just let myself see whoever popped up. And some of them were like super dark and shadowy. And then the others were this. And, you know, you take that as maybe they're super wounded. They're this, whatever. Yeah. And over time, just sitting with them and it, you integrate or you see them filled with, you know, light and healing and all of that. And, um, I don't know where I was going that, but basically it's well, that's like, like Carl Jung. That's his whole thing is like integrating the shadows is what you're talking about too. Like not just integrating childhood but also those parts because it's funny the I have a story that ties both of those together actually I can't remember what the original meditation was but I remember like with yesterday I was laying in bed doing this meditation and it was like lay down get comfortable whatever and I pictured I was sitting on this like log because it took you to this place I was sitting on a log and I was like look to your right and there's your inner child and I pictured which is so easy now because I have a son that's he's about to turn eight in like three days I don't even want to think about it but he's around that age that like some of my earliest childhood memories are because I've blocked out a lot of them. Right. But like, I remember, I remember being his age, which is so trippy. But so when I think about like me being that age, I don't realize how small I was then, you know, cause you don't really think about it. But when I look at him, I think about how small he is. So for the first time I looked at my childhood self through the eyes of like a loving parent who was just looking at like an eight-year-old girl, you know, and 
I was so like interested by her. I don't want to cry. I feel I almost I almost didn't put mascara on for this reason. But I looked over at her and I was just so like enamored with her. And I was like, you know, you're so interesting and the things that you want because no one understood me as a child. I was kind of the black sheep, and you probably resonate with this too. Like an undiagnosed neurodivergent. Like I, I didn't. No one understood, and they didn't get that there was anything to understand. You know, like they just. I was just like a weird kid and they didn't get me but like they still love me but whatever you know so I finally felt seen like as a child I was able to feel that of like there is someone who you know sees me and it was beautiful so we closed that out and then something in me was like all right now look to your left because your high school self is over there and I shit you not broke I couldn't even like I couldn't even turn my head to look I couldn't even put my eyes over there and it was because I knew that she was sitting there on the other side of that tree looking at me pissed like pissed and that's when I started digging into that kind of like area and working through high school trauma because you know you go through the ages so I kind of dealt with at least that layer of the childhood trauma and then I was working up to like the teenage self and I'm telling you I couldn't that's how you know it's real I was in the room by myself but like I couldn't look over and look her in the eyes and it took a little bit of digging and then what I've found at least so far was like, she felt like no one stood up for her. And she's like, you didn't stand up for me. Like you've got all this power in you. You know what I mean? Like you could have set boundaries and that's something it's so funny. I'm saying that now because that's something that I realized like with my mom, I was upset and I held a lot of resentment with her because my dad was undiagnosed bipolar. There's so much fun in my house. So she was the mediator. She's like the Libra. And she's like, I like balance and I want love. But to me, it felt like you're straddling the fence and you're not picking a side and you're not doing anyone any favors, you know? And that's mm-hmm. the pattern that like, really I reject the most in myself is like that indecisive, like can't pick a lane. And it was that feeling of like, you could have saved us and you didn't, you know, like you could have gotten us out. Not that there was, there was never any physical abuse, but it, you know, like I'm not, my parents made mistakes. I don't want to, you know, I'm not here to like crucify them for that. They did what they could with the tools that they had, you know, but like, that's the way, you know, so, but yeah, I feel like that was a big thing that I recognized myself as like, you could stand up for yourself. You could, cause I wasn't self-advocating at this point either. You know, I was kind of just letting people like disrespect me and, you know, I'll get upset about it. And sometimes I'll fight. Like, that's what confused me. Right. was because sometimes I will stand up and I'll, put my foot down immediately but there's no rhyme or reason I mean really it's probably the people who reminded me most of my dad I felt like the most difficulties standing up to you know mm-hmm. but then I kind of proved that to myself with my last job my last boss was a lot like my dad I'm dumping all of this on you I'm so sorry that this. <laughs> bring it on I love it I love it I'm listening we like so that was a big step for me was like when I left my last job, he was very like narcissistic, controlling. And I heard the um, phrase, speak up for yourself, even if your voice shakes. And I was like, okay. So like, I don't even really have to be good at it. I can be nervous when I do it, but it gets easier. They say, just keep doing it. Right. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Like I can do scary things. That's what I told myself all the time. So I was like, all right, fuck it. So then I remember the last, it was like the day that I decided I was going to leave was he talks completely crazy to me. Like I'm bartending with a hotel restaurant management degree. You know what I mean? Like a, 
very qualified. I've got years of experience. There are some things that I get like imposter syndrome about. This is not one of those things. You know, mm-hmm. I know that I'm qualified to do what I do. And for him to speak to me, not even like a human, mm-hmm. when he did it, I like checked out and I looked over to the left and that voice in my head was like, do I need this job? <laughs> I leave? You know, and she was just like waiting all this stuff out. And he snapped in my face and was like, hey, I'm speaking to you. And mm-hmm. I was like, I zoned out because I'm not going to be spoken to like this. Like, I'm just not. And the old me would have never done any of that because it would have been disrespectful, you know, and that people pleasing and the masking, like all of those things combined to be this really dangerous, like time bomb, you know? (laughs) It absolutely is. And no, I just unloaded so much. No, no, I, I, that is what I love. Like I, I, oh my gosh, I love that so much. So I think that first of all, like when we think about they did the best that they could and whatnot, because I've experienced that too. I experienced the, um, witness the abuse. Like I'm the youngest of, you know, well, four girls, but my oldest sister, she lived with her grandma. So it was really just three of us, but nothing ever really happened to me. Right. Nothing happened to me, but I witnessed everything. And that is, you know, that, that in itself, I never thought it was a trauma at that point. So regardless of what happened, you know, they did the best they could with the knowledge and resources they had at that time and your needs still weren't met. It is very much the exact same thing. So that that's true. And this is also true, you know, and you know, the whole stand standing up for yourself. And so I feel like, I wonder, um, when you say that you resent the, you said you resent the part of you that's kind of on the fence or an ability to be on the fence because it reminds Straddles, you of Trump. lives on the fence. It's, and I hate to admit that because honestly, I've got my mother's a Libra. My ex-husband's a Libra. The last two guys that I've slept with Libras, like they haunt me. Okay. And they all say the same thing. They all say the same thing. They all say, I just love balance. And you know what I say to them? You don't love balance. You love the idea of balance, but that just ends in y'all straddling the fence. So like, I think that I'm going to keep being haunted by Libras until I deal with that part of me. And then maybe I'll meet like a nice earth sign or something. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I want to get off the Libra train, but I know that it's a manifestation of that part of me. But yes, I straddle the fence constantly. It's very difficult for me. Has been very difficult for me to make it. <laughs> already oh my gosh yeah, I mean you know it's it's standing there for a reason like why is it exactly that it has to be one or the other like what what is it about the make a decision that you feel is so important you know what I mean like so yeah. what is about that other side as well like what is so wrong about having uh having it balanced out so like is like I would ask myself, like, is this a, is there a part of me that feels like I can't have it both ways? It has yes. to be or the other. And why is that? Is it yeah. a stability thing? Cause that's a, you have the balance, right. And it's more of like one way of the fence or one side of the fence, this side of the fence, but where's the stability in it? If you're on both sides, technically you can be, you know, your feet can be, planted foot, on, yeah. but you're seeing, you're seeing it on the fence but you can still like have a line down the middle and have one foot on this side on the ground, the other foot on this side on the ground and not actually be sitting on anything with your feet dangling around. So it's like, where is it a stability thing? And where does that stability thing come from? 
wait, did you just unlock something in my fucking <laughs> brain? Wait, it's crazy. I pick that up. Like I was, you know, that's a huge part of it. Cause I, I, I go on little things like that and not a lot of people understand what I'm talking about, but I just, I get, get it. it. I'm telling you, that's why I think I feel so connected to you because we talked about it too. Like what we're saying earlier about the, like the fear of exposure and the fear of it. Cause what I think it really stemmed from was I didn't feel like anything I had to say was worth anything. You know what I mean? Like, despite all of my friends coming to me and constantly being like, you know, I want your advice because you give good, sound, thoughtful advice, you know, and all mm-hmm. that, whatever, it didn't matter. And it didn't matter because really the voice in my head, when I think Gabby Bernstein also says to identify, I mean, a lot of people say this, but I reference her as saying like to identify, give it a voice, give it a, you know, a color, a gender, a shape or whatever. This particular voice in my head that tells me that what I have to say isn't important sounds a lot like my ex-husband. And I think it's just like years of gaslighting of, Mm -hmm. and two, like my father, there was, uh, I can't, I just called him my father. That's how I know I'm talking about trauma because it's like my my father, whenever I would come to him, father, father, when I would go to father, he would look at me. father I would want you know to to say something to him and I, I mean I do ramble I'm fucking you know whatever and I just remember the visual that I get is like him sitting in his recliner and me coming up to him to ask something and already being nervous anyway so I'm like fumbling over my words you know and you had about like maybe 15 to 30 seconds of talking before you look at you like this you know like yeah yeah what do yeah. you need <laughs> you know so that feeling of like I have to get the point out in a very short amount of time because what I have to say is like bothering people you know that was a huge block for me because I have a fucking podcast like you know like it's important for me to be able to talk for long periods of time and especially when I started doing like solo episodes I was like conversations you know having conversations with interesting people is one thing but like who wants to sit and listen to me ramble for hours you know (laughs) and that's how I've been with you like that's what I was saying before we started recording like you're giving me so much confirmation because when you see it from the outside you know it's like I know exactly how you're feeling but it's not that way and my life has changed since I realized because on the other side because you know two things can be true that's what we're talking about on the other side of like you know the bad things that are in your subconscious representing themselves in front of you and it's like it's showing you your shadows and showing you all those things when I was 30 years old it was right before I turned 31 I remember having this breakthrough and it was about this boy that oh my god I still like I have so much love and respect for him just because he taught me such a valuable lesson and I realized on like right around my 31st birthday I realized that all the good things I saw in him were because I love those things about myself you know and it's like you recognize And you're triggered by the bad things that other people have that you also have, but you, the same rules apply for the good thing. Oh my God, my cat, the same rules apply for the good things too. So when I saw him and I thought so highly of him, he was the first like spiritual male that I had met in general anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when he came into my life, I was able to see the things that people said about me in a different person. And I was like, oh my God, if that's how people feel about me, like that's the greatest compliment, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think that's huge. And because I think that that's huge because we have that, I, I, I resonate with that so much because 
I felt the same way when it came to speaking to other people too. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the um, fear of exposure that we first talked about comes about too, because it's like, I have to get it out quickly and I'm the same way. I will, I clearly, I will stumble. Yeah. I used to, I used to stumble over my words so much, so often. And that's, that kind of fed into the, you know, imposter syndrome that fed into every other limiting belief that there was there. And I would get the same look too, or actually not even, I, you know what, not a look. It was more of, um, people not actually really listening, like from, from my dad, like bless his heart, I, my best friend, all of that. But there was a point in time, I should say, and there was a point in time where I would speak about anything. I would just ramble and I was so excited, like kind of like we do. And it was more of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like just the empty listening. Dismissive. And, and yeah. And also with the, um, almost like it just didn't mean anything or, mm-hmm. or um, he would just instantly like change the subject. And I know that that has not all to do with me, but at that point in time, I thought it was more of like, what you have to say is not important. Um, you're not making sense or stop making a mountain out of a molehill type of type of thing. I'm like, I'm literally like, that's just, that's, this is one of the things I will, I am comfortable saying. It's like, that is a part of who I am. Not just, that's just how I am as to say fixed in, in a fixed, um, identity, but that's a part of who I am. My brain, I've always described as like a literal brain map. I'll be like, boop, 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 boop. I have all these different sides. Do you know it. what that's called? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's spiderweb thinking. I had never heard that no, until recently. Spiderweb thinking. And yeah, it's neurodivergence. Like no, everything you're describing. I never knew it. I was just, I was like, it was just, I can see every side to every single thing. And I, I don't think that 1144. I don't think that it was so much of, I can't make up my mind because my, I was the opposite of the indecision type of thing. It was just, no, I just, there are so many options. Yeah. And you have to decide, you just have to pick one. And at the same time, like, let's figure it out. I don't know. So that that kept me from a lot of it too. But when you're talking about, um, just where that comes from. I, I lost my train of thought there. So I'm going to be real with you. I lost my train no, of thought. Well, what basically what you're talking about too is we were talking about fear of exposure, but also like yeah. taking up space. I didn't, I had heard that term before, but I didn't really understand exactly like what it meant or how to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and taking up space just means like, for instance, if you were to hold space, this is the best advice that I can give someone, especially to a neuro- neurodivergent person is to hold space because sometimes with processing disorders it takes me a second because what you're talking about like seeing something I mean you know seeing something shiny seeing a squirrel like they joke you know seeing that thing we see it and then we have to start back from the beginning like back at step one to get back to that thought and it's incredibly frustrating to to have conversations with someone who can't hold space because then it's like I feel scattered all the time because I'm never able to get I'm chasing thoughts around you know always and so what you're talking about too is like even someone on the opposite end of the spectrum it can be frustrating because you're kind of like back and forth like it's hard maybe he's like ADD and he can't pay attention you know so then if it's us projecting our insecurities onto that right us making it mean what we have to say isn't important when in reality it could just be like 
like you said, they're, everyone's stressed about the stain on their shirt. Like he's thinking right. about like bills and what, you know, but like in our head and once you can kind of pull back and what you're saying is like that we have that great capability to do that. And I love that about us is that we can like pull back and look at grand scheme and kind of see everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that people do, I think it makes people comfortable to be able to put things in boxes and see it as black and white. But I don't, think we do necessarily have that. I think we have gray that we're able to see but the everyone else who can't see gray wants to tell us like no you have to choose like what are you talking about both things can't be true you have to choose so that pressure mm-hmm. like what you're saying about like liking a bunch of different things I felt that way too it wasn't that I wanted to choose just one it was that I like all of these things but everyone around me is telling me I can't have all of them that I have to pick like one or two because these things these you know the, the dichotomy mm-hmm two opposite things can't be true. Mm-hmm. But then when I've been studying um, Taoism, it talks about that that's per- like perfect. Dichotomy is perfect. You know, that two things can be true. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm working through is like living in that gray area, but it is uncomfortable to begin with because we're not taught to, you know, think that way. Yeah. I think that um, you make such a, such, uh, such an amazing point because it's, it is starting back over from where you were. And I can see that it's frustrating. I can see that, you know, it does point out our own insecurity. So when you do get to a certain point and you can recognize that you can step back and, and, and see that, that gap from, for, for what it is and that it isn't you. And if you do feel like it is you, then that's literally just an invitation to say, Hey, okay, where do I need to look into myself a little bit more? And it might take some time because again, with that self-trust and that rapport and that self-love, like you have to rebuild that relationship within yourself to be able to lose the judgment and come back to self and be like, you know what? There is no judgment. I have felt the judgment from, this is coming from a past experience because people had judged me, but at that same, oh, this is what I was talking about because of like things that had happened to us in the past with this whole judgment. So a while back, I had heard something about um, emotional freedom technique where you're yes. like, you start tapping, but you, you're saying the negative thoughts out loud. Right. And I have no idea why I passed it off in the, in the past, but it just came back around. Um, and so I tried it the other day when I was having a really rough time at it. And this was more because my body was literally like in pain. I was so tired and it was like, I just threw it. I just like started crying. I was like, I can't do this. I have to come home and overstimulated. I, yeah, massively overstimulated. And I just thought I was just tired. And I was like, okay, so let me give my body what it needs. And let me just let this out. Cause I'm at that point where I'm, I'm allowing myself to let this out because it's, I just, there's no point in holding it in anymore. So I allowed that to happen. And so much came out to where it was like, okay, what negative things do I want to try saying and letting out to the point where it just started flowing naturally. And the things that came out were things, it was blowing my mind as it was happening. So I'm all like, crying it out. And at the same time, like, this is incredible. <laughs> like, right. It was, but it, it released a lot of things back from, um, specifically something that I had already taken care of, um, in seventh grade about, um, this project that I did and where you have to like write a report and read it in front of the class type of thing. And somebody called me out on it. So it's more of like, you can do your research as much as you want and somebody's still going to call you out and you're still going to get this. Right. And I was like, 
damn, that's, this is deep. Like, that's another way I'm saying like, this is layers deep and the different wording that came into my mind, like persecution. I'm like, what century was that in? First of all. And can we talk about past lives? Oh yeah. (laughs) And then there was, and then from that, it was more of like a, um, that led to the, like the memory of some kids in seventh grade coming up to me, like, um, one kid like asking me out to the dance of the joke type of thing. And I was like, all of these things are piecing together that fear of being seen because you're going to get ridiculed or it's not really true, or you can do as much as you want. Like there are all these things and I'm just allowing it to flow out, but that's, this is where and how deep these things go and how they can still be showing up in our life. Like, and you have, you might not have, any idea that they're even connected or you, that you still care about it, but there are parts within us that you have let out. And I think that goes to show what the, um, the whole point of that was, um, which is hilarious right now is because that story was to something that you talked about like a half hour ago. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is how my conversations always look. We circle back. Okay. So I think one of the things that you said was interesting. You were talking about, you know, the, I guess the combination really, it's like a puzzle is how I picture, I pictured in my head was like all these different pieces that build up. Cause a lot of times we think it comes from that one thing, Mm -hmm. that one incident of like, or one person, you know, that they did all this damage. So like my ex-husband telling me that everything I say is dumb that's just a you know an example or whatever but like him him making me feel like or me he can't no one can make you feel anyway Ah. me feeling like you know anything I said he didn't appreciate or he didn't understand or whatever you might think it's just that but then you're like okay well that pattern recognition that neurodivergence are so good at that's where that comes in handy too is like okay well where else have I seen this pattern come forward okay well my dad made me feel that same way too and it's kind of recognizing that emotion Mm -hmm. and then taking all of them in together to come together and then that's the thing that you release right is that what you do is like in these limiting beliefs is you're kind of releasing like past trauma or well so it, it really just depends on all on what it is like the entire limiting beliefs itself is the technique is more of taking something that so, and, and I'm just, this is going to be the easiest for me to explain it this way. So when I have um, a client, let's say we're just going to do the entire, entire thing, right? So what we're doing is going into, um, getting you into like a meditative state basically. And when people think of hypnosis, they think that they're just like gone. And this, and this is, you are in control the entire time. It's just, you're just calm. This is so we can access the unconscious mind and just pretty much you conscious step aside for a second. And if you're not, we're going to talk about it because it's just about feeling safe. Sometimes people need to know exactly what's going to go down. So you can, you know, that's something that we're going to work on healing because that's a sense of control and you need to know what's going to happen so you can be safe. But so it's more of just getting you into the meditative state and, um, depending on the goal, um, I'll just go off of my own journey is more of if we're just doing a very, very general thing, it's, um, general healing. Like I was, I'm like, I have no idea what is going on. I just need just do all of it. You know, I had no idea what to start with. So, um, you want to start with like, we call it clearing, but it's basically is releasing the most negative people influences. Mostly we do like the closest family. So we'll do like mom, dad, sister, you know, whatever. And then, the next from there, depending on the person. So what we're doing in that is 
allowing you basically holding space and allowing you to, I'm going to be asking a series of questions just to allow you just to speak. Uh, this is no filter, no judgments, no, literally just talk, say everything as if you're looking at this person in your mind, taking you to a safe space, you know, um, surrounded by the light, all this and talk and release it. And then you're going to go through each emotion and what does fear have to say? What does anger have to say? Allow it to come out. Even if you're repeating, it does not matter. Let it out. If there's nothing else, cool. We'll move on to the next. And we're basically unloading and we are releasing all of those, that, that emotional water bottle. We are going to call yeah. it emotional water pouring that out because it's been, if we've held it in for so long, again, with that, um, with thinking it about the, um, person in traffic, the adult in traffic that flips out being the two-year-old during a temper tantrum, that was the little drop. That was the last drop of the water bottle that made it start overflowing completely. And that's what happens in a lot of areas in our life. If we don't deal with these things is we're adding more water, more trash into the trash can, whatever. And it's going to overflow into different areas of our life. And yet the way that we are designed, we're designed to look for things outside of us. We're looking for the threat. What is happening outside of us that's causing me to feel like this. And we don't look inside whatsoever and saying, Hey, what's happening inside. That's causing me to see this outside. That's causing me to have this feeling. And so it's, that's where it's really important just to, and it's so simple too. And I think that's where a lot of our conditioning comes in is that simple way has, it's been ingrained on us. The, 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 work hard, the hustle, the yes. da, 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 no days off that the easy way. And I still think about this all the time is the easy way is seen as that's not going to work on the back burner. Even if you're having a bad day or your, your morning starts out a certain way, it's like, what story, like Brene Brown says, like, what story are you telling yourself right now? And then if you get, if you're in a bad mood, okay, cool. And then you say like a couple hours pass by and you start to feel good. You know, you have that, you like, you kind of forget about it. You're still in the like, whatever. And then something comes along that kind of makes you lighten up a little bit, or even like a smirk. It's like, we automatically notice that. And we're like, I can't be happy. I can do this. So we're going to stay stuck in that story. Yeah. They just, you know, letting these things out and letting it process. So we don't allowing that to us to take that trash can out to, you know, take the trash out, take the whatever out so that we can not have these things spill out in different areas of our life. And we like, we know where it's coming from. Right. So it's more of, um, no, I okay. Well, lost. Renee Brown, when you were talking about the story that we tell ourselves, that's something I yeah. was having a conversation with a friend recently, because we were talking about, we were talking about something that's, it was like personal that I won't go into the specifics, but the end was me telling her, you know, depression is a tricky thing because I remember what it was like when I told my ex-husband that I was suffering from like crippling depression, I had postpartum, had all these things, you know, and it was, my brain was telling me that like the world was better off if I wasn't in it, you know? Right. And I remember yeah. how frustrating it was when I spoke to my ex-husband, then husband, and told him that I was upset. And he was like, you're only upset, you know, you're only depressed because you're choosing to be like, just don't be depressed, you know? And it's, I get what he's saying now, like, I get what you're saying, but 
that doesn't really help like in the moment. But right. I was basically telling her because she was talking about depression and having these like dark, thoughts, scary thoughts. And I gently reminded her that our brains lie to us, you know, and that can be scary because thinking that your brain is not being honest with you all the time, you don't know what to trust and what not to trust. And that's why it's important, I think, to tap into intuition is because the, our brains do create, like they want the simplest route. They want the most logical. They want the um, the most beaten path, you know, like it, they don't want to have to do any work. So whatever the path of least resistance, what I was trying to say. So it'll get to that point and it will tell you these stories and it will make up stories that are not always true. And it's because, you know, they're our own projection of like what you're saying, like all these things from our past came together to give us this idea that this is what reality is. Right. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what you're talking about too. Is like, I think, I feel like it's an important reminder just to let everyone know is like, sometimes your brain will try to play tricks on you, tell Mm -hmm. you things that are not true. Like the world will be better without you. And like, you know, the, yeah, the scary thoughts that you have are not necessarily, they don't, they don't belong to you. Observe them with no judgment, you know, and say, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting that yeah. you feel that way, but just a friendly reminder. I don't know why I felt like I needed to say that. For a reason. It, yeah. it, for a reason. And I think that a huge part of that as well is it's like, they are the same. It's, it's the story that you're giving or the meaning that you're giving behind that thought, right? if you think about it, what about the thought that just passed by about like uh, the purple banana? Why didn't you just give so much weight to that? That doesn't make any sense either. Yes. But it's, but you're giving weight to this one right here. And in that moment, absolutely. It doesn't, when you're deep in that depression and you really don't feel like you can be here anymore, which I have felt, I, I, it's that like that, that depressive thought when you're deep in that feeling, it's not going to make any sense. And even if it does make sense, the feeling itself is so overwhelming that you, you kind of just go with it because you feel it. And well, it's charged with emotion. So like what you were saying is like, what's the weight behind it? That's what they say is like, you have whatever you give the energy to, you know? Absolutely. You're going to feed that one. You can feed either side. And when you're in it, it's, it's, it's really, it's not easy to, because you can definitely see that and you can understand that you should be giving your attention to this. It's just that energy is right there and it's so clear. And it's when you, when you're at a certain point, you're so exhausted, you're so defeated. And that's when you tap in even more and you recognize how, just how far you've already come and how much you've you were able to get past even the other darkest moments. Like you've survived a hundred percent of every shitty situation that you've ever been in. You survived it when you thought you weren't like I, the millions of times, millions of times exaggeration, but feels that uh, way. It feels that way. Yeah. yeah. In those moments, I was down on my knees in those moments. I, you know, tried to try to not be here anymore. So many multiple, multiple, multiple times. And it had nothing to do with anybody else, nothing to do with anybody else. And it, to a certain point, it wasn't even, um, like a selfish type of thing. It was more of like, maybe the burden, like, they're not going to, they're going to forget about it. I guess it's good. You're going to move on. Like I genuinely, and you I think they're better off without you there. I, yeah. And I had a yeah. pattern of it. Like, I was like, it has nothing to do with you. Almost like I'm not talking to a certain person today. 
like you're still doing your thing. You're going to end up doing your thing. Like this is just going to be another like blip on the radar or whatever. Yeah. And I, I recognize that even when I was like a teenager, I, um, with one of my exes in particular, uh, and my heart just dropped because he actually recently, he passed this, um, earlier this year. Um, but I remember even talking him out of breaking up with me. I was like, look, man, you're just, you know, we're really like, I, I don't know what it was, but I, it was so easy for me to tell other people why they are better off without, but not in that sense. It just, it not even better off without me. It just seems like it was just so practical. Like, Hey, buddy, you're gonna, fine. Yeah. You're going to get over it. It's cool. We don't, you don't, you know, I'm not, I remember telling my ex-husband <laughs> that like, and it wasn't in a, it wasn't that I wanted like pity or whatever. It was a true honest moment where I was like, I don't feel like you would cry. I don't know that you would cry. Right. Died. Like, and it's, it's, but it, it comes from low self-worth and like self-value. That's all that that was, you know, is like feeling like I don't make an impact on yeah. people. Yeah. You know? Right. Like my, not memorable. my mom actually legitimately told me when I was eight, I don't know how old I was, 18, 19. I don't know. Um, that I was worthless and that was because I wasn't doing the dishes or I was doing the dishes, but she was, she was in, like, I had to step up and take care of her because I was the, I was the youngest, obviously my sisters are, are growing up, they're leaving the house type of thing. So I had a lot of resentment around having to grow up and take care of my mom. My dad's a trucker. He's out on the road. My, my mom's a trucker too. <laughs> and then, you know, on the, on, um, so they're doing their thing, but got, I, I call it sick. Um, but it was more of like a car accident, surgery pills that, you know, yeah. I don't want I'm not gonna throw any, you know, sick, anyways, yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing. I, I love her very much. Um, but at that point in time, you know, you're a teenager, you're, you need this portion of your life to, this is your develop. What am, what am I going to do with my adulthood? Right. Where you're priming me, you're prepping me. Um, now I have to look into that. I don't like that word priming, <laughs> but right. you know, you're, you're trying to, I need to know how to direct myself in life. And that just wasn't the case. And, um, so already there was that, that sense of, I don't know who I am or whatever. So it just leaves me very much open to everything else coming into my world about how I am and who I am yeah. and shaping me. And then to hear that from her, even if she wasn't in her right mind at that time, it's like for not for, for like such a simple task, the, you know, these little baby things, they stick with you and they're not so baby. And yeah that can really build into your life to where you get to a certain point. And it's just why even, why even try, but you are the reason that you try, you are the, and it's not even a try. It's the reason why you do it. There is no try whatsoever. It's you keep going because you've always kept going. And I know we're sick of being strong. We're sick of this. And you're also going to get to a certain point where you're going to be so grateful that you didn't like there's there's so much on the other side and that's why I do this work is because of of that like that's what I to my very core I never want anyone ever ever to feel like they are not enough that there is something wrong with them that there's um nothing on the other side like it's only going to be this I'm always going you know that, that just that in that little space in any kind of capacity like you are enough exactly who you are. There is another side to this. 
there are some simple, not, uh, yes, actually simple, simple yeah. that we can do that we've been taught don't really work because we choose to focus on the harder parts because that's what we were conditioned to do. And if we just gave that our attention and actually gave it a shot, because there is that part of us that, like I was saying earlier about when you notice that good feeling coming in and you kind of brush it off because I'm supposed to be in a bad mood, but if we allow that feeling, if we allow ourselves to go that simple route and say, oh, hey, there's that, there's that light. Let me go ahead and just choose that. There's this part, there's, it's like, there's this shame involved. Like if I choose to get out of this mood and I take that gratitude, that's right in front of me, I take that happiness. I'm going to go have a good rest of my day. Then all of this was for absolutely nothing. And that just brings on more shame. So I have to back this up so I can validate myself and how I feel. But the truth is you feel however you feel in the moment, after the moment, it doesn't fucking matter. Just feel you're alive. <laughs> yeah you okay so what what you're saying too about the shame that's definitely one end but I can tell you what I realized after we were talking about like fear of success and like working through that I was afraid to be happy and I just it's so funny because I just found a journal entry that was talking about it it's like I'm so terrified of being happy because the last time I was happy and I let myself feel safe was in a relationship that ended and it was the beginning of this podcast like the it was around the same period time period so I've talked about it until like I'm blue in the face on this podcast but mm -hmm. um that was the like that was the last time that I truly was like all right I thought I was gonna spend more so than my marriage I mm -hmm. thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with this man and then when yeah. he left I was like why like I thought I was gonna die I literally thought I was gonna die of a broken heart like not by my own hand I thought my heart was gonna just crack open and I was going to die of a broken heart I've never felt depression or sadness like that in my entire life so that's been I know that that's still a huge like I don't want to say block for me but it's definitely taking up a big portion of space with my energy and it's not necessarily something I'm like ready to let go of but it has come to my attention that it is time to let go like I know now at this point that it needs to be like go of, you know, it's just that last few, it's almost like I'm hitting the snooze button, you know, right. like I need about 15 minutes of snoozing. Like I know I'm, I'm putting off the inevitable and mm -hmm. it might make me a little more late, but like, I need a second, you know, <laughs> I'm trying so that's much. Beautiful. I think yeah. that's, I, I genuinely feel that. And so I feel like two things with that, um, without going completely off on that tangent, that reminds me that, you know, hitting the snooze button is like this is kind of like, um, willpower and, uh, self-discipline, right? People say, you just have to have more willpower, more self-discipline. Truth of the matter is that comes from our conscious mind, which is only 4% of our mind's capacity. Unconscious is the 96%, right? So we're like, every time we hit that, we only wake up in the morning with a certain amount of willpower and determination that's right at, at the top. So anytime we make a decision, we're going to hit that snooze button you just poured a little bit out of your willpower and self-discipline, hit it again. You just, right. And so it's kind of like the same thing. You're anytime we do that, cause girl, I've done it too. It's, yeah. it's, we're, we're pouring a little bit more of our energy out regardless of what it is. And instead of, you know, just dealing with it head on and um, it's not always easy and you want to keep that portion alive. And I think that's where we kind of look into that and saying, Hey, like, what part of this is, why do I want to keep this part or th this alive? Like, what is it about this actually 
that is contributing to my life right now? What is going to be taken away? Um, what do I feel is going to be taken away? What story that I'm saying is going to be taken yeah. away? Um, and well, it's, I think it's like if that, and I've heard people talk about it too, is that fear of like, if I let it go, I feel like, and I know this isn't true. Like, I know this is not true, but this is how it feels. If I, like, I'm never going to be happy again. Well, the thing is just because, I mean, it's true to you. It's it, right. It is. It's it, that you feel it. So it feel, it can feel true. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's just something that we have to prove to ourselves, just like any other thing. Like you don't know how to drive until you go drive. You feel like they're right. going to start going one. you know, you have to, we have to show that to ourselves. The same thing with, we don't, we don't know because our brain is literally a record of the past. It is pulling from every experience. And like, I've recently gone through this, um, which is beautiful. That's another thing on this journey is like, the more you get through it, um, I mean, the more that you uncover and the more that you integrate your, you can start seeing these things as in like, oh shit, like next month, like, like rent, for example, I don't know about that. I don't know. What are you going to do? And you're just like, you're only telling me that because that was a worry previously. Same thing with anything else. It's like, well, just because that literally happened, I, I still have all this time to make adjustments and to change something. And it doesn't have to be that way, but that's literally a perfect thing of your brain just giving you like, it's like, it's like scrolling through, through Netflix, like your most recently viewed based on what you watched here is this selection. Our brains give us that it's like, based on what you've done in the past, here's, here's what you can choose from. And it's like, well, you know what? Why don't I just go search, go to the search bar and go search something else? Why don't I just check on Hulu? I don't want to watch any of the shit. Right. right. And also when I started thinking about life as an algorithm, that's what I, t- I try to tell people, like, even if you do it mentally in your head, like say, like picture, I picture it like in not interested, because if you think of life as an algorithm, that's basically what it is. It's like, you're tinkering with algorithms. So we were talking earlier about like taking away things you don't like and whatever. That's what I tell my friends is like, if you have an interaction and you observe yourself feeling like yucky after you walk away from it in any way like this is an unpleasant feeling you don't have to figure out why you don't have to do any of that just tell you Mars like I didn't like that you know and then it's it's after doing that you figure out what you like and don't like and it's either you or the universe or both at the same time are figuring out and that's what they say like co-creating with the universe like you're moving your it's like okay the universe wants to listen it wants it's like a, a host at a hotel, like a five-star resort, and it wants you to have the most pleasurable stay, you know, but like, I can't do that unless you tell me what you like and what you don't like. So it's kind of interacting with the universe. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, we're co-creating. Absolutely. And I think that in that too, is when, because, you know, we also can pick up on other people's energy and assume mm-hmm. it to be ours and like, oh, why do I feel, I was just in a good mood. What the hell? And it could be somebody else's energy. And absolutely, you can choose to say, you know what, I'm not going to, I don't want this energy. No, 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 thank you. And depending on, I think it's important to be mindful about how deep that's feeling and what thoughts are coming to mind um, with, with that feeling, um, where you're feeling at in your body and just be observant about that because it could be just telling you something. You might not have liked that experience, but why didn't you like that experience? Is there a deeper reason that you're avoiding because of that? So it's more of like, all right, am I not liking this because it reminds me of something low key? Or is this more of just like, you know, could it? Yeah. 
I just don't like that interaction. I don't want that energy near me, which right. can be very much both of them. And, you know, I think that that's over time, we learn to balance that out and understanding that and knowing it. And it's kind and of intuition. Yeah, absolutely. You, you trust that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's another thing is the very first thing that comes to your mind, whether it makes sense to us or not, that's your unconscious mind. That is your intuition. That is before your conscious comes in and goes, I don't know, let me sort this out here. That doesn't seem right. Um, you know, so smart. That's so interesting. I've never thought about it that way, but that's hundred percent what it is. Yeah. And we, it can, it can be like the slightest. Yeah. If you really think back to any other time, right before you, you, we, we get that little hint of something and it like swoops in with the, well, wait, no, that can't be it. That's not it. Yeah. Instantly. Or just literally anything like that, but you get that very subtle, subtle, subtle baby thing and you want to believe it. And then so much of life has been like, you don't be naive type of thing, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you start to actually follow that. Things change. You don't have, yeah, your world, your reality completely changes. And back to, back to, um, what we were talking about with your, the X thing. Um, I actually, we can do, um, if you're ever interested too, is what I did with mine was, um, uh, grief and separation clearing type of thing, because yes, yes, um, he had a son as well. And like the, at that portion of, he was four years old when I met him. And that's when my dad came into my life was I was three or four years old. So it's like this very bond and everything like that. And that's a massive part of the self-destruction that I went through was I didn't realize it wasn't just a breakup. I was grieving the loss of that. And it was so like his whole, that whole entire thing just shattered my fucking world in the best way with who I am now. A hundred percent. I I have so much like gratitude and love. And that's the thing, like there have been, don't get me wrong, there's been anger. Cause I, I've said the same thing and I recorded about it as being like, I went through grieving. And when I realized this is not a breakup, this is like, allow yourself to grieve. Stop being so fucking hard on yourself. Yeah. Um, because I got sick too, COVID, of course, because my body started shutting down. So COVID happened and then I was forced to deal with it for like two weeks. I was at home with no escape no nothing I had to sit there and I remember like laying on my floor just sobbing that's when I was like I'm this is definitely gonna kill me you know? right yeah <laughs> it, it, that stuff is intense it's like you get this massive um personally I've gotten a sense of overwhelming fear like legitimate fear for my like for like and what I recognize now is that that's more of like an inner child coming out because that's what it felt like almost as if like you are scared and you have no idea like hide under the covers, that yes. type of actual, I want my mom, I'm scared type of fear that comes out in certain situations as an adult. And it's like, we, do, we don't, we're, what do we do? <laughs> right. And yeah. then you just start getting, I don't know, down, but yeah, we can definitely do, um, one 100%. Of those. Oh, Actually, that's it, what- it, it, it helped so, cause I was still very, before I did that, I was still very much in a, um, kind of like in a self-destructive, like, Mm-hmm. I can't even remember it now at this point, which is awesome. Um, right. But it, it's more of like, I would still like, we can work this out type of thing or like have that longing. Even if we weren't talking to each other, it was more of like looking at my phone, like that type of attachment. Whereas after I did that, it was more of, oh, okay. Yeah. It took, and there was more to it, obviously, well, after that, but I, it was yeah. separation, just 
detaching from that feeling. And I think that's where I was going earlier with the whole depression thing that we were getting into, which I love that we circle around with these, but it's, you know, detaching from that whole feeling, practicing detachment is huge for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say too, about the, the breakup was like, I, it's easy for me to be mad at him or it would have, I felt like it would have been easier. Like if I could just get mad at him, that would be easier, but it wasn't that. And this was the first time that it wasn't like with my husband, we divorced because he drove me fucking crazy. And like, yeah, he made me sad, but he made me mad way more than he made me sad. But this was the time that I was like, I love him. And I can tell you, I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but something traumatic happened in like August. And I can tell you about it. He's not coming back. Like, but my brain won't allow me to like process it. And I had another like round of grief come through that I was like, oh my God, another, like he's breaking my heart and we haven't even talked in like two years. You know what I mean? But like these things kept happening and I was like, I need to, I need to let it go. And I know that, like, I know that it's probably my biggest, even though I don't want to admit it, it's probably the biggest thing that's like, if I'll just let it go, I'll probably fucking skyrocket. You know, it's like a big, like a, a picture of a hot air balloon and the things that are like rocks weighing me down. He's a really, really, really big rock. He's a boulder. He's the boulder. It's huge. And like something happened and, and I don't want to talk about it because I'm afraid to like share anything yeah. that would affect, to like affect him. But yeah. like, he's not, uh, he's not going to be rolling up in my house anytime soon. And when that, when I found out about that and the way I found out was fucked up too. But when I found out about it, I feel like a weight lifting off my chest already, like talking about this because I want to like protect him, you know, like I want to, I don't know, that's a whole thing. I want to work through all that. We don't have to work through that on the podcast because like feel before you reveal, you know, but I do want to work through that with you. And I know we're running low on time anyway. I don't want to take so much of your time, but I could literally talk to you all day, every day. But if you were going to, I know this is like a huge general question, but if you can, think of a good first step for people, obviously, besides hiring you and working directly <laughs> with you, where can they start? Like, what's the best step one, I think, because it can get overwhelming, you know, with all the things to, we've talked about a lot of stuff today. What's the like best place to start? In just your healing journey in general? Yes. And that rebuilding process, if we're, you know, I guess for each stage, but especially if they're at that stage of like, they've done the undoing, but they don't know how to start like building back. Right. I yeah. Uh, I would say the best thing that you can do is show up for yourself in whatever way that you possibly can. First of all, I think that you should have, that's where, it, that's where everything else in your external reality comes in is when you have that internal structure going on. And a part of that, it, as well as you're getting started, like we're rebuilding that foundation is understanding and recognizing that there is some stuff to be done. That's why we're starting this in the first place. We know that. And releasing that judgment to it, releasing the expectation of what it's going to look like, releasing, just releasing, allowing yourself to feel it. I think that it's all very basic. Yeah. I I think that's a huge thing. That's I've actually been getting that a lot lately. It's just back to the basics, go back to the basics. So when you're starting to to find yourself on this healing journey. I think that reach out for help, but 
also still, still, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to say this in the, like the, what makes sense the most, because again, it is so simple and it's also that complicated when you're right. building that trust, but it's more of just making sure that you, you have a conversation with yourself, I guess, have, have your back. Where do you want to go? What do you, you don't have to have everything laid out clear as day. Just check in you with yourself, check in. What do you want to feel? And then release anything that's resistance release and just, just bring your awareness. I think that it's a little combination of all that. If, yeah. if any of that makes sense. I know it's very simple. No, I very, know. And that's such broad. a big, yeah, that's it, such a big broad question. It's a, it, but it's, it's a very, I think, you know what? And I want, I will say this is because I, I feel like it's not easy for me to say one blanket statement because the way I approach this work is I connect with the person. I pick up on energy very easily and I go from there. So I, right. it's going to be different for every single person. So if there is something that you can start with, it's always going to be with yourself and at least just checking in and doing what you can every minute, every 10 minutes, it doesn't matter because you're going to keep going back and back and back to your old programming, to the old conditioning, to the old ways. And it's finding a way to stand in that as it's coming in and knowing that you're going to get on the other side and you're going to get on the other side because you continue to show up for yourself. Yeah. You can stand there for yourself. So that's kind of how you start building that up. And for me, it's just more of, I never want to put anybody in a place of like, well, you should do ABC because you're you can right. be like, X, Y, it, you know, it's, this is going to be specific to you. What's going to make so you comfortable and being rad, radical honesty. That's yeah. just radically honest, be honest with yourself. And then when you feel it in your body, that there's something that might be there, that's going to make you, you know, feel, you know, that's the thing. It's You'll just know step one. Know. It's like, um, it's like AA step one of admitting that you have a problem is for the first step. So start there. And most people, I feel like you do, like you're saying, if you do practice radical honesty, mm -hmm. you know what the, you know what the issue is, you know, where you need to start. Yeah. yeah. You know that there is, even if you don't know the exact, you can't pinpoint the location, you, you felt something. Right. And that's your cue. That's your cue that there's something there. And that's just going to be up to you when you want to look into it or, you know, cause the more you feed it, it's going to stay there. It's I've seen so many videos of like, um, people not giving attention to certain thoughts and they're priding themselves on it. And I, to a certain extent, yeah, observe the thoughts and you don't have to take them at face value. And that is insanely that could be so toxic because yeah, don't repress you're yeah. You're just making it worse and it's going to show up in other areas of your life. If you don't at least look into it, like, huh, that's interesting. I'll come back to that later, I guess. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Deal with it as it comes. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much. I literally feel, I know that I could talk on here for hours and I hope you, I know. So could I. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, um, is this like two hours long? I know this is it's gonna be a three hour podcast, and it would I would keep going, but I know that we I know we both need to like go and do things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I don't like. I'm like 
really have to go and do this? <laughs> I'm going to do a crystal shop when I leave here. Let's be real. But anyway, uh, but I really, I really so very much appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, and if you want to plug really quickly, I'll put a link. But if you want to quickly plug your social where people can find you or sign up for any of your courses. Yeah, um, Brooke Laredo on TikTok and pretty much anything else. It's um, and that that spelling will be in the description, obviously. Um, yeah, and then my site to book for any of the what I have to offer right now, and my email will be in there for any questions or just literally just reach out and have a conversation. Yes, thank you, Brooke. Thank you so so much. Thank you so much. It's so much fun. <gasps> we'll see you next time.